morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Twelve oh six. Welcome in midday grind. Five ninety the fan. Five ninety the fan dot com. Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio sliding in for the next hour here on five ninety the fan. Matt Rocchio probably disappointed he missed a lot of NBA talk in the previous hour on the Hollywood Casino press box with Frank Cusimano. How you fellas doing? We're still in this uh, between Christmas, between New Year's. Kind of a, what'd you call it yesterday, Jim Hewer, a hangover? Kind hangover. of a lull. It's still a, still lingering. Oh, I will say this. If you're out, be careful. We have wind gusts like 45 plus miles an hour out there. So be careful. That seriously is kind of a nut, nutty place right now. We had our lights flicker off and on, by the way. I yeah, saw that. in that was the back. weird. So I've been me off guard. scampering about trying to get other computers up and running and figuring out which password goes with what computer. Uh, the lights flickered off, but the text line is still rocking and rolling. 855-282-8255. Get your text coming in. Yeah, the weather also it kind of makes you feel uh, even more so kind of that uh, holiday hangover. I-, I was at my house, and you just start to see and hear kind of the trees whipping back and forth, and you're just hoping that uh, the wind's not going to be too strong to-, to knock anything over. We had some uh, some problems with that until Allen's Tree Service uh, took care of it. <laughs> A nice, fine sponsor. Brian Hoffman, I wanted to start with, Right before the uh, Hollywood Casino press box, I was checking out. I was listening to this Tommy Pham clip. Tommy Pham was on MLB Network Radio. As we know from his time here, Tommy Pham speaks his mind. He did again, gets traded uh, midseason to the Tampa Bay Rays. Had some injury issues with the Rays, but actually, when healthy, was unbelievable for Tampa Bay this year. But he did an interview kind of talking about St. Louis baseball fans and Tampa Bay Rays baseball fans. It sucks going from you know, playing in front of a great fan base to uh, a team with really no fan base at all. You know, St. Louis, they're one of the few teams to where day in and day out, you know, they have a 40,000 fans at every game. And um, that's something that's that I miss, um, you know, because even out here in the Dominican, you know, they – you know, they they have a strong fan base with the team I'm playing for. Um, their fans are very supportive. They're loud. And uh, the race, they just don't have that. So um, do I think something has to happen, whether it be, a, you know, a, a new ballpark, maybe a new city? I think so. Wow. You know, because if, if you have a team that's going to be winning – you know, 90-plus games competing in that division and um, you don't have uh, any fan support, then uh, that, that's a that's a huge problem. I miss Tommy Pham. I do, too. I really do. For so many reasons. Yes. The reality there, guys, is he's right. I know. You can't say, 
Oh, that you can't say that. No, he's <laughs> absolutely right. He's saying everything that everyone outside of that market is thinking about it. Can you say that though? That's my question. And look, no, Tommy Pham was here. Remember, if you want to get out of there, you right. can't. Maybe, but Tommy Pham <laughs> was here in St. Louis in '15 when our football team leaves us. I would think that he would kind of know what that means when you're when you're saying things like that. I'm fine with you saying we need a new ballpark because I feel like every baseball fan, every sports fan, agrees with that. Now, to be fair, my favorite line: maybe he's thinking, okay, St. Pete. Maybe we need a new stadium in Tampa, but when you say just a new city, I'm thinking that's okay anywhere. We'll move anywhere. And I feel like, again, I, I love Tommy Pham's candor, always have, and I'm glad that he speaks his mind, but uh, I just I don't know if you should say that. I don't know what the value is in telling your fan base in an off season where you had a nice, what, 90-win season, you're trying to uh, compete in the arguably the toughest division in all of baseball to say, yeah, maybe we need to move. <laughs> but if you're Tommy Fam, knowing who Tommy Fam is, why not? Just say it. I mean, look here. Best baseball town in And America. he said that. And he said that. But did he ever shy away from saying anything that was on his mind while he was here? So why would he go down there in a place where he goes, you know, this isn't really a cool place to be and just not hold you know, not say what's still on his mind? Because he did it while he was here. He even kind of poke the bear, so to speak, at the locker room from time to time, saying, hey, you know what? The guys in here don't seem like they care. They're not playing hard. Whatever that phrase was on that given night. So why would you expect anything different from him? He's not going to change. He's just going to let it all out there. And for our, us, we love it, right? In our business, it's content. we love a guy who, who talks <laughs> like that. But if you're also a fan, why would you not just say, yeah, good for him? Yeah, I, I think, too, I remember when Janoris Jenkins, again, a guy who said a lot of things, and there was always something off the field going on, but I remember during the whole relocation when all the schematics were thrown out there for the Rams' new downtown stadium that obviously never was built. Right. But remember, it was going to be an outdoor stadium, and I remember Janoris, our guy, I believe on Twitter, Jack Rabbit, they called him, and he said something like, either put a top on it or move. He did not want to play in an outdoor stadium. And look, I'm I'm all for guys. I'm all for guys giving their honest opinion. And and that's why I try not to rip on these guys because again, this is what we always ask for in the media. We rip on on the one game at a time. We all said Mike Matheny was was too boring at all of his media availabilities. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to have it both ways where you crush the guy for being boring, but then you also crush the other guy for being interesting. And actually in this crazy PC world we live in, actually telling the truth. So it's kind of refreshing, but I don't know if it really provides any value to Tommy Pham saying that to the fan base. Does the fan base down there care that Tommy Pham That's Pham's a good point. That's, that would be my next question, because they don't seem to, because they don't show up, and they've had some decent teams. They had a team this past year that really came on strong late in the second half, but I never heard a buzz like, man, the people in Tampa are really turning out for the team this year. And the park so, is so bad. Right. Oh, it's a horrible place to watch a game. Even on TV, I can't stand watching a game there. No matter if it's if it's Tampa Bay and the Yankees and, the, you know, they're playing for something, I will probably turn it off just because I can't stand watching a game in that park. I'm checking out Tommy Pham, baseball reference. What do you think his projections are 
Age 31 season. Oh, these are always conservative. I'll it's always conservative on baseball reference. 15 home runs, 65 Ooh. runs batted in. Really? Hovering, they're I would always, think it would be a little always more light. Than that. Always light on the projections yeah. for that. They have Tommy Pham with 20 dingers. Oh, wow. 62 RBIs. Close on the runs 15 then. stolen bases. Okay. Uh, respectable 270 batting average. 363 on base. And a 456 slug. And. Tommy Pham's career numbers in the bigs, 279 average, 375 on base, 482 slug. And obviously that's bolstered by the the really good 2017 he had. Remember, with the, with the Cardinals, really started off sluggish this year. But man, you know, he was injured with the Rays when that trade was made. A couple different kind of weird injuries. But in in 39 games with the Rays, so a fourth of the season, he batted 343. On base 448 and slugs 622 for an OPS of 1,071. And again, that's a small sample size. He hit seven home runs, but that was really, really good. And that's your healthy tone. Yes. And I think, look, he'll probably never be that good again. I mean, that's when you're talking almost 1,100 OPS, that's off the charts. It is. But that's his skill level if he's ever healthy. And the thing, it's not picking on the guy. If his eyesight is right... He's proven that he can hit. Every time he's had some issues, if it's not some kind of shoulder injury, it's been his eyesight, and that's where he struggled. But when his eyesight is right, he can be a 320 hitter, and he's shown that. But it's unfortunate that it doesn't appear his body will allow him to do that. Get your text in on the text line, 855-282-8255. The hipster of Tower Grove South saying, yeah, but when you play in a city like Tampa, you want to play in a dome to avoid that horrible weather. I agree with that, but don't you think in terms of domes, that's the worst? I mean, even with the fact that you're hitting balls off of the scaffolding, the catwalk, just from the get-go, nobody liked that stadium. I mean, how how often nowadays do you have a a stadium built or a team plays their first year, and right off the bat, everybody says it sucks? I mean, usually Mm -hmm. there's there's a honeymoon period, and that was never the case with that stadium in St. Pete, the Trop. The only thing that's worse was the Kingdom in Seattle. That was brutally awful to watch those Mariner teams play in that place. And they had some good teams and a lot of talent later on before they finally got out of that place. Yeah, they probably need a dome. Build a retractable dome or something. Just put something new. That thing is just, they just had to blow it up and start over. But you can also see why ownership there would look at the fan base and look at how many people came out, even when they were good. Right. When they went to the World Series... And and look, I hate when teams move. We all went through this with the Rams, but that that market you do look at it and you just wonder because they have issues in Miami with the Marlins. You just wonder for whatever reason, baseball in Florida, it's kind of transient. You have the Snowbirds, you have people coming from different East Coast cities that might be Red Sox fans or Yankee fans living down there. It just seems like baseball in Florida, Major League Baseball it is, has never really has never really attracted fans, even when these teams have been really, really good. I mean, the the Marlins win two World Series, and they have to tear down each time. And they're always having issues with the city and funding and getting people to go to the games. Could be the two worst franchise moves in the history of sports is putting the two Florida teams down there. For the same exact reason you put it. They can be good. They still won't show up. Florida has uh, not Florida. The Tampa has done all kinds of gimmicks to get people to come to the games when they were good. Like, hey, free parking. Can you imagine what it'd be <laughs> like if free parking 
applied to downtown for a Cardinal game? You would you never have a problem getting that place sold out, even though we had some at the end of this year. I mean, think about that for a sec. Free parking. How much better would it be to go down to Bush Stadium for, for free parking for a ball game? Absolutely. I also think it's just it's a tougher sell, and this is an obvious statement, but when you're talking about some of these cities where the weather is so beautiful and there's so much to do, and we're not talking about traditional baseball markets. Obviously, on the East Coast, you got Boston, New York, you got Philly. In the Midwest here, we love our sports in St. Louis. They love their sports in Chicago and Milwaukee, but also the weather is not that, hey, at any given time, you can go down to the beach. You can go surfing. It's always 75 degrees. I mean, you also understand why... If you're a sports fan in Miami, if you're in Jacksonville, if you're in Tampa Bay, St. Pete, if you're in San Diego, to some extent L.A., if you're not a great team. I mean, look at Dodgers fans are, are famous for showing up late, and they're going to come if you're a winner. Now, obviously, you have a stadium that, that houses a ton of people, but when there's so much to do in some of these places, and you can go outside and walk around in 75-degree weather year-round, I can, I can understand why baseball is a tougher sell in those non-traditional baseball markets. Doesn't baseball need more players like Tommy Pham, though? Absolutely. Like, I, I think I would love him to still be here in St. Louis playing for the Cardinals. They're a better team when he is patrolling center field. I think you have less outfield issues with him there, and he mm-hmm. is that number two hitter that I feel like the Cardinals desperately need in their lineup, that, that occasional power, high on base, kind of line drive hitter that they're going to be looking for come, come spring training. And I think the kind of the outgoing, outspoken player that baseball kind of is lacking at times. Just kind of the fun guy who's willing to speak his mind. The best player in the game is Mike Trout. And all summer long, Nothing. after the All-Star break, it was talked about, well, how come we're not marketing this right. guy more? How come he's not out front? If Tommy Pham could stay healthy and put up those numbers, could you imagine that? You'd be hearing him and get him out of Tampa, by the way. You can put him in any other market you want, especially if you're up east, if you put him in Philly or you know, obviously New York or somewhere like that, Chicago. He'd be out front. He'd be the face of baseball. Whether Major League Baseball likes it or not, he would be. And apparently, Mike Trout, part of it is that that's not really his personality. It's not like, now look, no, he's sure. not a bad guy by any means. He's actually a fantastic guy. And we've seen him a couple of times. I interviewed him once at the Albert Pujols golf event they always mm-hmm. have annually for the Pujols Foundation. And he's come a couple of times. And I talked with him, and he was super nice. And he said glowing things about St. Louis and Albert Pujols. But also, I just think... Doing all the media is not really his game. Like, he's very polite, but it's not his personality. And anything you've seen about Mike Trout, it's this small-town guy from Jersey. Obviously, he grew up a big Philadelphia sports fan. You always, you always see him at all the, uh, the Eagles games. But I remember MLB Network did a huge piece on him. And it was just about him in his small town in New Jersey, kind of going to that same diner. It's kind of the typical story you always see. But that's him. And, like, everybody knows him. And it's a little teeny town, but he goes back there working class, his parents are just kind of normal people, he seems very well adjusted, and he's just going back to hang out with the the people he grew up with and went to high school with. You need more characters in yes, the game. You absolutely and I agree with Hoff on that 100%. Who, whoever it is, geez, Joe Madden says something when we just use that, you talk about, did you hear what Joe <laughs> said? Oh, wow, isn't that cool? He's just one of the guys, so to speak. And he, you know, in contrast to uh, Tony LaRussa, who, you know, straight laced and you know what you trying to start trouble but he'd you make know, it he, interesting too he, he in a different way in a different way but the game needs more characters in baseball i mean we talk about the pace of the game and issues like that 
how about just get getting something off the field that will keep your interest other than the same old same old guys show up and look i get it that it's a grind and it's hard to get guys to you know come out night after night through 162 and you know give you something and be more interactive with fans and stuff like that or with the media and in turn with the fans but it does need something to to garner itself more to the fan base and a guy like Tommy Pham is doing that whether you like it or not and i there, do there's there are people i guarantee you part of that fan base is down there going thank god he gets it you know, I get there are people down there, oh, you can't say that about us, but there are people in Tampa going, you're right, this is a crappy place for us to come watch a game, and yeah, we need a, a better situation. So there's a, a fan base, part of the fan base down there in Tampa that is agreeing 100% with Tommy as well. That is Jim Heuer. I'm Charlie Marlowe. We have Brian Hoffman and Matt Rocchio here till 1 o'clock on the Midday Grind, 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. Martin Kilcoin on assignment. want to tell you about one of our favorite spots, most loyal Sponsors, one of our most loyal sponsors, Bertarelli Cutlery, Sharp City, 1927 Marconi, and on the web, BertarelliCutlery.com. Go down there, buy a brand new knife. Maybe you uh, still need to get somebody a holiday gift, a Christmas present, or something coming up for the new year. Get the the Pagan, the Precipice, the Infidel, one of their brand new knives, or take your old knives, the dull ones in the kitchen, and get them sharpened right there at Sharp City, Bertarelli Cutlery. I was uh, coming in before the Hollywood Casino Press Box, and I'm talking to Jim Heuer, and I say... What's on your mind sports-wise? What do you want to talk about? And it surprised me <laughs> that you actually said this. I'm not making this up. You said the Cheez-Its Bowl last night. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. Because, look, I brought this up. Look, did you? as you know, I like to gamble. I did not gamble on the Cheez-Its Bowl. I didn't actually watch one second of it, but I felt like I got the entire experience of the Cheez-Its Bowl because so many people on Twitter, as I'm just scrolling through, were ripping on it. And then you see why when you check the box score – TCU, and you got, of course, two two teams that were what six and six basically. Right. So seven and six TCU beats seven and six Cal, ten to seven, in overtime. And then you look at the numbers. People have called this now the interception bowl. Cal has two quarterbacks that throw a combined five interceptions. TCU, their quarterback throws four picks. So you basically have nine interceptions and only seventeen total points scored. And that's with the overtime. And I know we always talk about too many bowl games, too many bowl games. It seemed like people were going crazy, basically just ripping on the Cheez-Its Bowl. It was brutal. I watched basically four to five minutes total time of the game, and then I turned (laughs) it off. And in the four minutes, TCU ran a double lateral backwards pass and then threw an interception out of it. It was an illegal forward pass, but it was intercepted by Cal. And then they ran it down into the red zone. Cal tries to go in for a score. They throw a slant. It's picked off in the end zone. TCU runs it out. That very next possession, TCU goes back to pass. They throw another pick. So in four minutes, I saw four turnovers, an illegal forward pass, a messed up double lateral play that you can't imagine how awful it was. And I was like, this is worse than watching a high school football game. And that was it. I had to turn it off. I tried. I gave up after just four (laughs) minutes. And then now that I've seen the box score this morning at 10 to 7, it makes it even worse. You had a Big 12 school that couldn't get more than 14 points. Big 12 schools put up 40 by just showing up, and they couldn't do it. And give up 40 usually. Yes. That's what's very surprising. Yeah, that was crazy. And then this is coming after earlier in the day. And again, I know we all 
We all talk about too many bowls, too many bowls. I'm of the opinion that, again, if you like to gamble, and if it's just a random, like this is a weird week for sports, let's be real. Coming off Christmas, we have the big bowl games coming up, the college football playoff this weekend. You have the big New Year's Day bowls, the Rose Bowl and all that. I kind of like having something to watch randomly on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday throughout the week. Earlier in the day, you have a no contest for the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl in Dallas because of lightning. You have Boston College and Boise State, and they start that game, and then they basically just say, uh, we're going to cancel the game, no makeup, no nothing. And that's where it does kind of surprise me that St. Louis does not have a bowl game. If if there are markets like Memphis and you have all of these places we've always talked about, Shreveport, Louisiana, why doesn't St. Louis have a bowl game? Are you Blood telling bowl. me? Okay, whatever you want to call it, but we have a building in the Dome. We like big-time sports events, and you have bragging rights every year, which recently has been this Saturday before Christmas. Isn't it kind of perfect timing to do a bowl game in St. Louis between Christmas and New Year's? And again, I'm not saying it's going to be the most successful bowl. I'm not saying it's going to be this fantastic bowl. But don't you feel like in St. Louis, in a dome where you don't have to worry about the weather, I mean, we're the 21st TV market in the country that we couldn't get a bowl game? I mean, there's already, how many bowls are there? Seriously. There's a million bowls. We can't get one? That, That does surprise me. Look, I would love to have one here. But I really am of the belief, and this will not be popular with St. Louis, we won't support it. And you go, oh, that's mean. It's true. The Big 12 championship game was here for a couple of years, and it was nowhere near a sellout either time. And that's when it first started. I just don't think college football, as a fan base here in St. Louis, there's enough that will support it. Now, this group in here will watch it and will bet on it and things like that. But there's not a lot of people that are going to pay money to go watch whoever it comes. Let's just say it was the two teams that played last night in the Cheez-Its Bowl. I don't think anybody's going to sit there, hey, you guys want to go watch TCU play Cal tonight? Yeah, no, I don't see It's not going to happen in St. Louis. I could see some TCU fans maybe coming to St. Louis. I don't know about a lot of Cal fans making the trip to St. Louis. So, so obviously, but you would, would need it. good re- you know. And that matters everywhere. Like, if you're the Liberty Bowl with Memphis, they got to love. I haven't checked the, the tickets recently. I know they were going well early. But you got to love the fact that you have Mizzou right there. And you got people that can drive to that game. You have St. Louis. It's four hours away. It's a cool city. So, yeah. I mean, if you had a, a game where here and there a Mizzou could go play in St. Louis, an Illinois could play, a Northwestern, things like that would obviously help attendance. I just wonder, because we don't have professional football anymore, I just wonder if we did have a big-time football event and it was a once-a-year thing. Because now, think about it. You have to go to Columbia to see big-time college football, or you have to go up to Champaign. Champaign. We, don't have, we don't have the game anymore at the start of the year, the, uh, the arch rivalry between Illinois and Mizzou, although we should, and Lovey Smith said during bragging rights. He did. He'd like to bring it back. I think that's fantastic. I just wonder if you had one big-time football game in St. Louis every year, if enough people would come out. I'm not saying a sellout. You could almost brand it, too, as as kind of a tribute to St. Louis football over the years. You know what I'm saying? Because we do have this weird history with losing two different franchises. I mean, you could see them rolling out some of the great St. Louis football players, whether they played for the Cardinals or the Rams or or local guys who grew up here. What, what I'm trying here, okay? I, I know, I, I'm trying here. I, I, That's all I'm, I'm saying. Good about, effort, So Chuck. what do we – we'll have two six-and-six six teams? Hey, I would go to it. Mediocre football. I, but all these and games. I'm joking, but it's in serious. But you would also have to have, you'd have to guarantee it to be a Big Ten, Big 12 
or a Big Ten SEC, SEC. matchup. You you know what? MAC is not going to work. Uh, American Athletics is not going to work. Nobody will come to watch that. You'd have to guarantee it. Then, if you want Power Five schools, you got to find some jack to bring those schools here, and guarantee. I just don't know if there's enough support there to make that happen. Here's the problem with getting a Big Ten school to come to St. Louis for a bowl game. I mean, they're all in the Midwest. St. Louis is so far away in the Southwest. Um, that is true. I mean, that's that's that a lot true. of traveling Chuck, for those Big Ten schools, Jim. True. And so I, I don't know if Charlie <laughs> wants to put his beloved Ohio State Buckeyes through a travel from the Midwest all the way uh, yeah. to another region. That's that's a struggle. That's a great point. Good call back there. But again, I'm not saying this is going to be the Rose Bowl. I'm not saying this is going to be the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl. Look, I'm watching that game yesterday though, and it's Minnesota seven and six versus Georgia Tech seven and six. Yeah. And our guy PJ Fleck boat race Georgia Tech, but it's in Detroit. Indoor, hey, nice building. That's a really nice stadium. It one is. of one of the nicer indoor stadiums that's been built in the last 10, 15 years. But and look, I'm sure they didn't sell it out. I was watching that game, but you saw a lot of Minnesota fans. Definitely more so than Georgia Tech. But my point is, if Detroit can have a bowl game, why can't St. Louis? I mean, nobody really wants to go to Detroit either. And I grew up an hour from Detroit. That's all I'm saying is when you see some of the other markets that have bowl games, we can also have one. That's all I'm saying. Let's make it happen. Fair enough. Let's Let's make it it happen. The the Midday Grind Bowl. I love it. Let's do it. We'll get that going. Also, I want you to check out one of our uh, finest sponsors, STL Lawn Care. Check them out on the web, stllawncare.com. Give my guy, Tim Jenkerson, a call, 314 974-5911 974-5911 or email him at uh, tim at stllawncare.com. When the snow comes down again, STL Lawn Care has a fleet of nine snow plows. They do commercial parking lots and apartment buildings as well. And right now, call STL Lawn Care for leaf removal. I've done this twice already. They've gotten rid of all those leaves at my house two times here. They're so efficient. They show up with three trucks and make my yard look great really quickly. You can see the grass again. When the weather gets better, Call STL Lawn Care for mowing, aerating, lawn treatment, and mulching as well. But this time of year, leaf removal and coming up soon when the snow comes down, more snow plowing. For both, call STL Lawn Care, 314-974-5911, stllawncare.com, or email my guy Tim Jankerson, tim at stllawncare.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more of the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com.